morning. Our first scripture reading is from Psalm 139. We're here to hear the word of the Lord. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. O Lord, you hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will uphold me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my, saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Second reading is from Jeremiah 18, 1 to 6. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The third reading is from Matthew 6, sorry, Matthew 10. So do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak to in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. This is the word of the Lord. Last Sunday, we introduced our topic, 
for the year, our theme for the year. And it was very, very important that we build on it. And over the course of the year, by the grace of God, we will continue to, you know, dig deeper, deeper, just as the song says, you know. God to take us deeper, more than what our faith could ever, wherever our faith could take us. You know, sometimes God takes us to places where we are uncomfortable. Asks us to do things that sometimes are beyond what we think is our capacity. But you know what? God is amazing. He's able to equip. He's able to prepare. He's able to locate us just exactly where he wants us to be. So, looking at that theme of, you know, God saying to us to be fruitful and multiplying. And we looked at it last Sunday at the very beginning, the foundation of creation. And that's what I want to dig a bit deeper into. And I was, you know, pondering over this Psalm 139 and where David came to realization. And of all the challenges he was having, the pales into insignificance when he realized how special he was in the sight of God. You know, David did not only face Goliath, who was a foreigner, but David actually was constantly being harassed by Saul, the king of the day. Because God had identified David as the one to take over, Saul was becoming uneasy about it because he knew his dynasty was going to end with himself. His son, Jonathan, even when, because they were friends, David and Jonathan were friends, Jonathan was doing everything to protect David. At some point, the dad, Saul, became so angry, he wanted to kill his son. So you're useless. I'm fighting for you, and you're fighting for the enemy. He saw David as the enemy. In all of that, David did not only face the Philistines or face Saul the king, but even in his own house, when David became king, his son Absalom revolted against David. And Absalom usurped the throne. And David was chased out of Jerusalem. And as David was going away, not only being rejected by his own family, someone on the way as David was leaving town began to throw stones and dust at David. He said, shame on you, David. And he was insulting David. And his soldiers wanted to deal with this person. And David said, come on, leave him. If God has decided to embarrass me this way, that's fine. I'm going to bear the embarrassment. And David left town. Totally, totally embarrassed. But in all his life, David looks back. And he remembers how God in his infancy, how God in creation at the beginning took time 
picked up this, you know, mud and put together and made out the human being and then breathed into this thing, this thing, it became a living being. Hallelujah. That thing, that thing, that dust became you and I. And David said, I was knit. I don't know whether you have, I, I can see a very nice knitted, you know, sweater. I don't want to embarrass Janice, but I love that sweater. It was knit by someone. It could be in the factory, but someone made the machine that knits the jumper, the sweater. You know the Christmas, you know, sweater and jumper that you were wearing just a couple of weeks back? I wore one the other day, and I like it. Now, someone took time, got all the thread together, and thought about what design am I going to make? Every Monday, our ladies, some of them come together to do their knitting and natter. <laughs> now, you think about what you want to knit. Is it going to be for a new baby, your grandchild, or is it going to be for an adult? It's not going to be the same size. It's not going to take the same rolls of wool. You have to choose the colors you want. And you begin to knit them together into that sweater, into that cardigan, whatever it is. And we have here, here, you know, this divider that we use to separate readings every Sunday. Someone took time to knit this. Beautiful. Not only did David recognize that, even Jeremiah, as we read Jeremiah chapter 18, we see God being, you know, talked about as the porter, you know, the porter who takes his time to mold the clay into whatever he wants. The porter is already conceptualizing. This is what I want to need. This is what I want to make, sorry. Whether it's going to be a plate or a bowl or a cup, whatever it is, it is in the potter's head what he wants to make. And sometimes he's making it and it goes wonky and he stops and starts all over again because he wants to get it perfectly what he has pictured. And you can begin to think of God as the designer who took his time when he said, let us make humanity in our image and likeness. And God has something in mind. And he began to put this together. And so he put up that mud and designed this human being. And when he finished, wow, wonderful. That's why David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It has to do, you know, the Hebrew word there of, you know, being, being fearfully. It talks of awe. God said, Wow. This is really amazing. And think about you. God is looking at you and saying, wow, you are fantastic. Now, it doesn't matter what somebody out there says, but before God, God is looking at you and saying, wow, you're beautiful. You are handsome. You are my handwork. So God designed us. God knit us together. And God knows who we are. You know, my 
My wife likes CSI and all those <laughs> mystery movies. And so, by the way, what's CSI? Criminal Scene Investigation. CSI. But some other person has said, can solve it, CSI. So it can mean criminal scene investigation or can solve it. <laughs> but anyway, here they begin to solve a crime that was committed 20 years ago. In fact, sometimes even 100 years ago. Because they are following a marker, the DNA that was found in that particular scene. Sometimes police officers who compromise their position, you know, they, they, they try to hide away those facts because there's someone else they want to put in to bear that crime. Sometimes innocent people are what? Made to pay for what they didn't do. But years later, they discover the truth because they have searched, they have done some tests and the DNA is proving that it wasn't this person who was the criminal. And then they find a real criminal. But why is it so? Because God has made us distinct. He's made you different. That's the difference that God has put in you and I. And so then, we are ordained by God for a purpose. You know, God said to Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So, that's the design bit of it. God said before, oh, I can see behind, Sharon is knitting something. All right, we didn't plan that, did we? <laughs> so, here, David, uh, you know, sorry, God is saying to Jeremiah, before you were born, I did what? Before you were formed in the womb, I knew who you are. Wow. Even before you were born, God knew about you. He knew you. So before you were knit in your mother's womb, before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you. You see, that, that thing about being put together, being knit, being known by God, then being ordained. That word appointed is meaning ordained by God, set apart for God for a purpose. And so you were ordained for a purpose. And in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says, For we are God's word, handiwork. Can we read it together? I think it's up there, alright? One to go. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Wow. See, Ephesians is just summarizing it. God prepared in advance. So we weren't created just for nothing. Just like we talked about knitting, just like we talked about the porter making different vessels. They are all for different purposes. When you go home, you want to drink water. You don't take your plate and go and pour water into it, do you? No. The plate is for food. The cup is for water. If you pour water, you could still drink with the, with the plate anyway. <laughs> Couldn't you? Because it would take some amount of water anyway. So you could do that, but that wasn't what it was meant for. We 
really all designed specially by God for a purpose. So when you begin to allow yourself to be judged by people, that is not really helpful. And so what does it mean then to us? Life is sacred, okay, because God lives in all of us. That mud, that lump of clay did not become anything until God breathed into it. And then it got the breath of life. <sighs> wow. And he began to look around and see, here I am in God's garden. So life is sacred. We don't have to take it for granted. A lot of times people believe they have authority to do anything they want. But you know what? No. Life is sacred. You are special and God wants you to have value for life. When people think, that's why I don't like, I mean, I don't know about you, but this is my, you know, life as a Christian, that I believe every life is sacred. Every life is sacred. Even unborn lives, they are all what? Sacred. It's important for us to realize that every life is sacred. I live confidently because I know God, the Bible says, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. That's the confidence we should have as children of God. I'm not afraid of the future. Whatever happens, I know that God has me covered. Sickness might come. This is life. This body, you know, in this world will suffer all kinds of stress. But that doesn't stop the love of God in my life. I need to realize that beyond all of the things that we may face physically, that it doesn't take away the love of God. So I'm not afraid of the future, whatever that holds, because I know somehow God has everything what? Covered. And then, finally there, I have a sense of worth and purpose. A sense of worth that I'm not worth Anything anybody thinks about me, don't think that way for yourself. That what people think about you is your worth. That's why people suffer with anxiety because they are thinking, oh, what are they thinking about me now? No. You have to know that you are special. Amen? Amen? You are what special. So you don't have to begin to think Oh, I am nothing. See, sometimes people say, oh, I'm nothing. Yeah, it happens. Here I am again. Yes, always the same thing. No, no. People of God, in 2023, God is saying to you today, you are special. You have worth in his eyes. And that worth goes on with his purpose, which is what Ephesians said to us. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ. Now, as believers, that's what the Bible says, we are a new world creation. All things have done will pass away. Behold, all things have become new. So, in this day and age, God is saying, in Christ, you've been created. You've been born again. You know, there's a new work. You're a new form. The old has gone. He said, God, prepare this in advance. Even before Christ came, 
That's why the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Even when before Christ came, and before we were born, God has given us this salvation through Christ. That is good work, not bad work. All of us here, we are prepared for what? Good work. Every Christian, we are prepared for good work. That's why I talked to again, like I mentioned last Sunday, the fruit of the Spirit. We are supposed to bear this fruit, which is exactly what he's saying. This year, be fruitful and multiply more of the fruit. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit and you're bearing one, two, three, four, you're not yet moved on. Please, this year, say, God, I want to bear more of the fruit of the Spirit. And God is able to do it. Do you know that the very hair in your head, God knows the number. Wow, isn't that a mystery? That's what Matthew chapter 10 tells us. That God numbers. If God takes the time to know the amount of hair, forget about that I'm losing some here. <laughs> Even where I'm losing some, there are some little growths there. God knows those little growths. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm happy I'm making you laugh now. Because you know why? God, who created us all, he knows the very number of hairs in our hands. And if God can be so detailed in knowing exactly that number of hair, it means God takes even much more interest in the larger things in our lives. Amen. The little and the larger things. It doesn't matter. You, you can say, oh, well, you know, I, I heard God say, uh, someone say, you know, uh, don't, don't worry, don't worry to pray about that. God has so many other things to be worried about. No. God is worried about everything. About. If I is not worried, actually using the word worry is the wrong word. God is not worried about anything. God is in control. God is able, the Bible to, to do exceeding abundantly more and above everything we can ever think or imagine. So have that sense of worth for yourself. Be confident. Be confident that when you look at the mirror, you see that special handwork of God. You tell yourself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Now, I want us to do that because you see, sometimes if you hear something and you don't really internalize it, if you don't tell yourself this, it takes time. In fact, it hardly will hold because you somehow say, okay, well, yeah, but not really. But when you begin to voice it back to God, say, yes, God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No wonder David had to say it. Because David was suffering all these things, but he wanted to remind himself who he was in Christ. So, shall we to ourselves now, that large theme for this morning. One, two, go. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I don't know whether you really believe that. Can we say it again as if we really believe it confidently? One, two, go. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. And what does that mean? It means you are special. I am special. We are. 
And what does that mean? It negates self-love. No, don't hate yourself. Don't talk down on yourself. Don't knock your esteem down because you are held in high esteem before the Lord. Do you know the Bible says we are seated where? In heavenly places. Which means it says far above principalities and powers. So you're up there and you can see everything. And God is saying you're special. I've brought you here to my throne of grace so that you will be with me as my child. In God's kingdom, you belong. So don't allow low self-esteem to come back this year. Tell yourself, no, I'm special. I'm seated with God. Amen. Because Jesus said, where I am there, you also will be. It takes away the confusion. You know, that's what the world is dealing with today. People are confused. Am I male? Am I female? You know? Come on, what did God create you? God created you, who you are. <laughs> In fact, even if you want to change anything, after a few years, it will come back what God made you to do. You are special. Accept yourself for who you are. Celebrate yourself for who you are. Thank God for who you are. So don't have that confusion. And finally, don't compare yourself, which is the other thing that really destroys a lot of us. Because we sat there comparing ourselves. Oh, look at him. Oh, look at her. It's always happening for them. It's always, you know. And you are really not seeing all the things that God has done for you. No wonder the songwriter says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Amen. There's a very funny little piece that was put on a restaurant wall and that was a fish on a plate and what was written on that plaque was if I had kept my mouth shut I would not be on this plate <laughs> so in this year if the enemy tempts you to say the wrong things do what keep your mouth shut only say the right things so that you not be on the plate for the devil to use as his lunch and dinner every day. Only say the things that the Lord has said about you, that increases you, that raises you, that strengthens you. And that's how we're going to end today, that we are fearfully. God took time, designed you, like that person on the computer is designing something and working out something that they are going to produce. You know, God took his time within himself and was saying, yes, I'm going to make Jack today. It's Jack that I'm going to make. He designed Jack and said, hey, Jack, you're going to go to that family. Wonderful. Now, how many of us chose the family we were born in? Is anyone here who chose the family that we're going to be born in? Then you are God yourself. <laughs> None of us chose the family. So why beat yourself up? For the family you were born in. Even if you came out from a family and it was like, oh my word. 
I wish it was some other family. Look, God has a purpose why he put you there. Amen. You can make the greatest of all differences in that family. In fact, begin to ask God, God, can you help me to know why I'm part of this family? Because there's a reason why you're part of that family. There's a reason why you're part of Christ Church. So you can make a difference here. In 2023, you will be fearfully and wonderfully working according to God's plan. We'll be fruitful and we'll do what? Multiply. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning because we know you, O God Almighty, are the one who has built in us who we are in Christ. None of us is like any other person. Our DNA is different. And so, Lord, we pray that we will have that confidence to know that we are different. That you have made us who we are in Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Because you have done great things. You have done marvelous things. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Have your way, Lord. May we not allow ourselves, Lord, to be misguided or misled. But in this year, to be confident in this year to know that you are the one who will continue to lead us through all our lives. May we celebrate your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.